You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Thank You for Your Servers, a show which looks at the tech news of today, but from a libertarian perspective. Now here are your hosts, Thaddeus and Gary. Gary and Thaddeus have returned for another edition of Thank You for Your Servers. Thank you for logging in to Thank You for Your Servers. I am Thaddeus Preston, a.k.a. Nick Way. And joining me, as always, is my brother from the left coast, Gary Guthrie. How you doing, man? I am, uh, I've, I've actually had a really good January. I had uh, one of my beers is now on tap and a staple at the... Uh, brewery in anaheim which i'm very excited about congratulations my friend <clears throat> thank you and i brewed a nice belgian on saturday so uh, it's been a beer filled month i have not brewed since november in my COVID battle so this weekend i too will be doing a belgian ale just to get myself back on the horse excellent so we but this isn't Liberty Brews. This is thank you for your servers. Our <laughs> weekly rants, but mostly it's just a. It's not even weekly anymore. It's just our digests. Yeah. Of the tech news from a Liberty perspective. This and other podcasts are brought to you by the Make Liberty Great Again podcast network. Also, a shout out to our flagship program, the Make Liberty Great Again podcast, revamping, rebranding as. The Mad Ones Ooh. with your hosts, Cam and Jessica. So give those guys a listen at, uh, what is it? What are they? Uh, at this is MLGA or MLG at MLGA Network on Twitter. Um, go to this is MLGA.com um, where you'll find all of us, man. You know, we're all there. And when me and Gary occasionally uh, take take breaks from our other activities, and, i.e. work, other podcasts, other projects, life. We come to you and geek out a little bit, and we talk a little bit about the tech topics. And boy, are there tech topics to talk about. So, I think we laid it out pre-show how we're going to go about doing this. But we're going to start with gang stunks um, and kind of roll into some other things that have been going on. Because a lot of crazy things have happened since the last time we did this show. Um, a lot. I mean, a lot. But that's a nice that's a nice way to preface into the fact that like so for those of you who have been living under a rock or not on the internet or not oh, we're really around have you guys ever heard of GameStop? I know me and Gary have. I mean, I've done some GameStop stuff from time to time where I've taken in almost seven thousand dollars worth of games and they've given me like twelve bucks. Yep. For trade-ins. Um, yeah, it's that GameStop. And I've typically gone to GameStop a lot with my, you know, when my daughter was a big gamer, I would go and buy games, you know, used games or whatever like that. So, GameStop, <laughs> not stunk. <laughs> That's the meme stock name of it. No, so GameStop, um, of course, has obviously was falling on bad times even before the COVID-19 kind of kicked off. I mean, it's kind of a brick and mortar brand. If I'm not mistaken, it's a Texas company. 
but it's a big it's a brick and mortar brand it's typically in you know dying strip malls or dying malls next to uh as the vice reporter wrote uh auntie Anne's stale pretzels yeah um and delicious pigs in a blanket um but like you could go into a store and like remember kids you could go and you could physically buy a video game you would walk into a store, you would lay down money, and they would hand you a physical game, be it a cartridge or a disc or a chip. Remember, I had a TurboGrafx-16, and they were like little, they kind of reminded me of like large, what were they called? PCM CIA cards? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. But yeah, you would pick, the, you would pick up a phys- piece of physical media, you would take it home, and you would go play video games. Well, that model has been dying, for obvious reasons. Um, ubiquity of broadband, generally speaking, the um, um, you know things like Steam, um, the cloud gaming is becoming a thing now. Between Stadia, between uh, Xbox Cloud, between PlayStation uh, Now, uh, I forgot what Amazon's play into it and stuff. So you know, GameStop is kind of more of a, a nostalgia play, or it's just an opportunity for you to get rid of games. So they were falling on hard times. So. Because of these things and because of the beatdown they were sustaining last year because of COVID-19, some group of hedge funders decided to short the stock um, of GameStop. GameStop is a publicly traded company. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Are you, are you saying GameStop? GameStop. I am saying GameStonk. It's GameStop. I keep saying GameStop because I'm talking about the stock. Gotcha. Okay. Because I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. GameStop <laughs> trades publicly on the NASDAQ, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe, I don't know, S&P. I don't care. It doesn't matter. But its ticker symbol for GameStop is GME. So hedge funds started shorting the stock of GameStop. I'm going to keep doing that until I get it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, so some people... This, this is kind of the, where the story actually has a little bit more nuance and diverges a little bit from the myth that is being woven about this. Some investors and some people in this subreddit by the name of Wall Street Bets thought that that was kind of lame and that there had been good news coming out about GameStop in the form of it's we're, we're now entering another console cycle. We uh, They had signed deals with Xbox. Um, you know, to 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 do online uh, gaming or do do something that would move them out of the brick and mortar business, and and move them more into e-commerce, and so and then they were you know they were doing the right things. They were downsizing stores. They were closing non-performing stores and stuff. So while on paper it's not like the gangbusters, you know, stock that it was three four years ago and company that it was like ten years ago, it was still viable. So. A big short fame, uh, Michael Burry. Um, we we don't need to go into his story. Uh, you know, if you've ever seen the movie The Big Short, he was the uh, Christian Bale character. He went long on the stock, and then in Wall and in the subreddit Wall Street Bets, these Reddit these Reddit guys were breaking down why, like, yeah, why is this stock being shorted? And then they discovered that this stock was not only being shorted, but it was being shorted like a hundred. 140% above, 140%, 140 times. So basically, there was literally, they were shorting more stock than was actually um, in the open market. 
So the smart Redditors got an idea. Let's crowdsource some crowd, uh, some uh, market manipulation, and let's precipitate a short squeeze. And they basically implemented this short squeeze, which is basically the hedge funds were short the stock. The redditors or the Reddit folk bought up a bunch of stock, driving up the costs, calling causing margin calls, and the short sellers to have to buy it. Because they have to, they have, they, because, you know, when you short a stock, you actually borrow it to, from someone and sell it and do whatever. You, you had to get the stock back. And that basically started this damn near parabolic um, rise in the price. A rise precipitated by these Redditors and, you know, Wall Street bet cats uh, using Robinhood, Webull, TD Ameritrade, whatever. Everyone has a trading app on their phone. Even I have a trading app on my phone, and I'm not even that big of a trader. And that basically cr that crushed a substantial amount of hedge funds and made some of these Redditors multimillionaires. But here's what happened. Here's the tech angle for it, right? One, it's crowdsourcing market manipulation, the same thing, really, that these hedge funds have been doing for, for decades. And so, from a populist standpoint, everyone's just like, yeah, F those guys. But here's what happened. Those guys have very powerful friends. <laughs> and when the short squeeze got entirely too difficult, the narrative machine and apparatus went into, went into effect. First, uh, Robinhood and Webull and all these kind of online trading platforms got squeezed. At their, at their clearinghouse level and had to stop selling the stock. You could, I'm sorry, so had to stop selling it. So you could, you could no longer, if you were on these platforms, buy these shares anymore because their clearinghouse up the value chain basically rose basically some, basically uh, limit. This is like, you can't cover these bets. We're going to need a little bit more collateral. These guys don't have it. Which it, we'll, we'll get to that, the irony of that later. And so basically, people got upset. Uh, the CEO of the NASDAQ was begging for regulation. You had, um, I don't know, you had hedge fund and billionaire guys getting on CNBC crying about the chaos that this was causing, which was the tears were delicious. You had basically big tech saying like, they, you know, looking to their oligarchs to be like, well, what should we do? Well, you got to shut this down. So they had to make the Reddit page private. That's the Wall Street Bets Reddit page private, which only raised its profile. It, it started at the beginning of this. I think it had 4 million subscribers. Now it has like 8 million. Then you had uh, Discord, like get rid of the Wall Street Bets Discord server because of hate speech. Um, and, and yeah, man. And then you had like, Google because Reddit because uh, Robinhood basically became the ire of this even though all the trading platforms were doing this but they they you know they poor Robinhood became like the scapegoat and like the patsy because you know they're called Robinhood and that has certain connotations right to it yeah. certain <laughs> certain brand <laughs> and so they got beat up and and basically like everyone were giving them like one star reviews. And so Google went in like a, a day or so later, particularly in the Play Store, and got rid of like a lot of one-star reviews. 
Now, apparently right now, those, those one-star reviews are starting to pile back up because people are still kind of upset with Robin Hood. So the tech angle to this story is really this. Well, one, look at the democratization of all these trading platforms, A, which, you know, there are more sinister reasons why these trading platforms let you trade for free. I wouldn't call it sinister, but it's basically kind of like if these trading platforms found a mechanism that allows them to offer the service to you without you having to pay per trade. It's actually kind of clever. Um, But, you know, you get what you pay for at that instance, right? And, you know, if you read the terms of service for Robinhood and most of these platforms, they can do whatever. There's even rumors. We have to see this in Discovery because now there's lawsuits out there. That they were literally liquidating some of their whole, some of their traders' positions, some of their customers' positions in GME GameStop, forcefully, which would be, it's not illegal because it's in the contract, but you're they're going to throw that out if that's proven to be true. You get that in front of a, a jury, you're you're going to get beat down. Um, so yeah, this got ugly real quick. On the you know, but these trading platforms. I kind of found out like they all have to go through this these these one or two or three clearing houses, and it still takes two days to clear a trade. We have blockchain. We have all these other things, mm-hmm. and, and basically that actually did exacerbate the fact that these clearing houses started asking for higher. Cash reserves for all intents and purposes, because it takes two days to make to get make sure the counterparties on the other side have the money to cover the trade. And so, but if you do that within you know ten fifteen minutes, which is the, what the blockchain does, you may you may not have had that liquidity squeeze at the clearinghouse level. So that's one that's one tech angle. The other tech angle is like tech censorship. I mean, a certain class of people got very upset. These Reddit guys were basically starting to be labeled as financial terrorists. You, I started seeing that. They started trying to make it, uh, tr- uh, you know, they're trying to drum up the, the populism in the form of this is Trumpism. <laughs> and basically, it was just a bunch of autistic cats who sat sitting at home collecting stimulus checks or at the very least, not able to really go out and do anything. Who basically got right. really trained on this trade? Bunch of bored, bored teenagers or whatever. I mean, they're bored young men who can't go out and get laid. There you go. And most of them are young professionals who got money, or they're getting unemployment checks and stimulus checks, and they ain't got nothing to do but watch videos. The proliferation of investing videos that I saw over the last nine months has skyrocketed. The amount of forums that exist, the Reddit pages, the uh, subreddits, the Discord servers, the Telegram pages, the Signal groups. I mean, all that, the, the Telegram groups and the Signal groups, the WhatsApp group. There's so many mechanisms. If the SEC and the powers that be think that you're going to be able to surface all that information to somehow get wind of this kind of coordinated, I mean, let's just, let's just take a blunt attack on your position. I think they're wrong, and I think I think this is an opportunity. If there was never, if there was ever a need for a federated means of communication built on, be it blockchain or whatever, to get around what is essentially 
kind of like an oligarchy, kind of like saying like, hey, we need to stop this and stuff like that. When it's just the technology that exists, the time you've given these people and the money you've given these people. When you look at this whole thing from a social standpoint, it's very... It's very interesting because what you see is exactly what you just said. You see a bunch of average Joe Blow people, no names, right, who have managed to coordinate and exercise a power that collectively they have that they wouldn't have otherwise, right? Yep. And then Mm -hmm. the very few people in power need to squash it immediately yeah because we can't have power in the hands of the people yeah so it's not about being white it ain't about being trump uh trumpists or maga it ain't about it and really to to use the um the scene from like the dark knight with the joker after they pulled off their heist and he just he's standing in front of his pile of money and he just throws a match on it and lights it on fire it's not about the money Nope. For some, some people, some people didn't make out like bandits, but here's the deal. Most people knew they were going to be on the bad side of that trade. Yep. And as we record this now, it's, it's, it's well below a hundred. It got up to almost $500, I think close to, um, which put the squeeze on like Melvin capital, Melvin capital lost like, like 4.5 billion or 2.5 billion. They lost billions of dollars to the, to the tune of like Citadel capital had to backstop them. And oh, also, Citadel Capital is also a customer and kind of a creditor to Robinhood. The next day, after the DTCC, the DTCC told Robinhood, no, nah, man, you got you to gotta put more money on the game. And then Robinhood said, like, all right, well, we can't let anyone do any more of these trades. The next day, Citadel and a litany of people gave them money hmm. to, aid, to aid them in their liquidity crunch. So the question asked is, why didn't they do that the first day when their investment Robinhood was getting slaughtered in the PR, in PR, in the press, on Reddit, on forums, whatever, for stopping their customers from trading in that particular security game stock, right? Why? I said stock. You did. I was going to say something. Stop. <laughs> we should just go, we should just call it Game Stonk from now on. I'm just, down just, just to kind of just to kind of make it go whatever. All right, we're done. We're, but we're we're pretty much almost done with this. But that's just that's just <laughs> that's just something that's something that kind of it kind of it kind of gives me hope, right? I've been really blackpilled over the last month and a half about really how humans suck, but generally speaking, this story in particular kind of gives me hope that. You know, someone brought up, I forgot who it was, some of the, uh, you know, technorati I follow on Twitter, basically called it a, a basically a, a collaborative distributed hedge fund. A decentralized hedge fund is what mm-hmm. Wall Street Bets was. Yep. And that collective wisdom beat the collective wisdom of the quants and the, those who were smarter than us and more connected than us yep. in the game. And this will probably happen a lot more. Now... They're going to go after the methods and infrastructure to coordinate such things going forward. And the SEC is already making up rules. Because the thing about Dodd-Frank and subsequent regulation that has come over the last 50 years is typically when something crazy happens, 
like a Dodd Frank or um, what was it? Sarbanes Oxley was the one during after the dot com bubble. Uh, yeah, hold the uh, hold the uh, executives uh, or the officers of the company accountable, or whatever. Yeah, and then Dodd Frank was basically 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 codifying too big to fail, um, which is these are these are all long ways of saying that the SEC is given tremendous amount of power to just write rules. Even I mean, even though this is this would require, in my opinion, like legislation, previous legislation allows them to just write rules and investigate, and they're going to investigate. And, and here's the deal: the hedge funds are working the refs. You know, you know they're working the refs. That's why you have Congress people asking questions to the SEC chairman and uh, and you know you know asking the uh, what is it the Commodities Futures Trading Commission to look into it and they're asking all their alphabet financial uh, agencies to look into this and so basically they you know they're just going to make rules but here's the deal the, the old adage the internet always routes around damage if they get rid of this we will they will find another way they will yeah because i think this is a seat this is a seat change and these platforms have allowed this to happen and if we could get blockchain backed decentralized be it federalized or whatever if these DeFi companies that rely on the blockchain would get their s together and start building platforms that can compete with these other clearinghouses and can compete with these other trading platforms or even these other trading platforms maybe start adopting some of this we could probably get around this but you know what we can't get around is if they start going after the infrastructure for which you are building this on. Oh, come on. And that they would me, never do that. <laughs> they would never do that. Of course not. There's tech censorship of conservatives. Never happens. Never. Uh, nah, never heard of that. Never heard of that. Oh. So that brings me to this. So this, what prompted me down that rabbit hole of seeing um, distributed communication distributed decentralized coordination of these reddit guys doing this short squeeze is a, kind of dovetails into this story that ryan said about a company by the name of element that had its app temporarily uh, uh removed from the google play store so for those of you who are not familiar with element because i wasn't familiar with it um uh, let me read the article here it is an open source end-to-end encrypted messaging client for the federated matrix chat protocol. So I guess the matrix chat protocol is this federated uh, server network of uh, network of servers that run this protocol that allow this end-to-end communication. Element was this front end that basically was better than most, kind of made communications over these uh, over this matrix protocol like a network, looked like you know a Discord server. But apparently, somehow, some way, this this app got removed because of quote unquote abusive content somewhere on the matrix somewhere, which I think is hilarious. I think, I, so very, very ambiguous. I like where, and, and what is the matrix? And it kind of makes you want to, you know, have a Morpheus moment. It's like, like what, blue pill, right? Uh, red pill. <laughs> yeah. Well, somewhere on the matrix. It's somewhere in the code, you know, some, some, some Googler is sitting back. Looking at a green screen uh, of cascading uh, characters and saw in the code abusive content. 
That shit scared the hell out of people. Mm -hmm. Because what are they talking about? Now, they subsequently went out and, I guess, found it. And somehow, I guess, maybe just blocked this particular server or did something. I don't know. But they're back up now. But this this kind of brings a larger, bigger question, right? In light of the fact what you saw, you saw a financial squeeze on these new financial trading platforms. You saw a attempt at communication suppression via these messaging platforms. They have normalized this like this is a good thing, you know. So, well, when you label the speech domestic terrorism, or or you say hate speech, hate speech, remember, yeah, or problematic content or problematic speech, right? We've yeah, we've been we've been down this route. We've done this before. Um. But yeah, it's like there's no tech, but you know, but there's no there's no tech censorship, according to the Washington Post. We are here with our tinfoil hats and our QAnon theories. <laughs> Not really. Um, are, 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 are crazy. We're crazy because the Washington Post told us we're crazy. Mm-hmm. Gee, it, 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 it's kind of one of these things. Like it's almost like they've completely and utterly forgotten. About things like the Stop Online Privacy Act, SOPA, or the Protect IP Act, PIPA. They, these, so, so the tech press and tech companies and activist groups were all against this. And in this, these same acts that were stopped back in 2010, 2011, 20, uh, and 2012, were the people yelling about the same thing that they're calling for now. And this is what's preposterous about it. So how does a federated communications protocol and network, how does a front end to that get banned for abusive content somewhere out there? So so, uh, the guy who wrote the article that that kind of brought this to my attention is Ron Amadio. He kind of put it to you like, like this. Banning a matrix client for content is really no different than banning a web browser. Hmm. Well, I guess we should just ban all the web browsers then, right? No, we should just ban ban the interwebs. It, I mean, that's, that's what we're saying. Because well, because clearly somebody somewhere posted something problematic. Right. This 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 is the anatomy of the smear. This is how it happened. This is what <laughs> happened to Zero Hedge. This is what happened. They tried to go after. Uh, we tried to go after. You know, like the Federalist, which is the most basic Manila conservative, you know, there's no right-wing firebrands. It's not the Daily Stormer, right? It isn't any of those problematic websites that are gross. It was like, you know, it, it, it was basic content, right? And they try to go after it because of problematic speech because they use this cabal of activist groups and tech press who have basically become glorified activists to basically bring up everything. They've, they've, they've tried to go after Telegraph. They tried, you know, they they tried to go after, uh, well, they didn't go after Gab. Uh, they, they they went after Gab, um, knocked it offline for many years until just recently when it has somewhat brought itself back up. It's, you know, and no offense, guys, it's not a haven for white supremacists. It just doesn't happen anymore. But Parler was nuked for Morbid. Yep. And remember when I said, like, if they can do it to Gab and Alex Jones. 
people who you might you think a platform and a person you might find eh, reprehensible, I personally don't, then they're going to do it to someone else. And then when you build your own, you gain momentum. And because of, you know, as of this recording, this is post-Capitol Hill riot. And because someone might have been coordinating efforts on your platform that caused the riots to happen, you can nuke that one from orbit when it comes to find out that the FBI knew it was going to happen and most of the chatter came over Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> but they took what they, 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 they nuked, they nuked them from the app stores, which is what happened here for Element. They nuked, you know, so both Apple and Google nuked them from the app, nuked Parler from the app stores mm-hmm. and got, and their infrastructure was ripped from under them. Also, their payment processing was ripped from under them. Gab, the same thing happened to them, but Gab was said was 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 post Charlottesville and they were hate speech. You are the same guys. All right. I'm talking to the tech press now. You are the same guys who are talking about imagine if the UK created a blacklist of American newspapers that its courts found violated celebrity privacy. Or better yet. What if France blocked American sites it believed contained hate speech that was written by a Times tech editor back in 2012? And you'd be hard-pressed to find those voices right now because Parler should have been nuked from orbit. And also, mm-hmm. if you're going to leave Parler and go to Telegram, well, we, well, we got to figure, we, we, we can't have Telegram doing whatever. Which brings me to my next point. There is a company suing the App Store, Apple and Google App Store, to remove Telegraph because <gasps> there might be extremist content on it. Might this be. Might be. There probably is. Let's, let's just put that out there, guys. The internet is full, filled with like a bunch of gross stuff. There's very terrible people out there coordinating all kinds of terrible acts. Exploiting children, trading in human beings, drugs, weapons, guns. Because humans suck. Humans suck at this. Mm-hmm. We've taken something that was, you know, feel good. And I mean, because back then, there, 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 was this, there was this kumbaya effect that we got to stop Sopa and Pippa because it's going to cause censorship on the internet. And now, the same companies are doing the bidding. I hate to say it, of an ideological class against another ideological class of people or a uh, financial class of people who are the unwashed, unwanted, they're financial terrorists, they're insurrectionists, they're all this stuff. Let me, let me, let me put this to you bluntly. They will eventually come for you. And, and, and like this, it's not paranoid if they're actually out to get you. Mm-hmm. And if you read the Washington Post article, you're just like, I think these people are crazy. I seriously think that we literally see two different realities. They literally wrote an entire paper that gaslights, let's, let's say, what, 70, 70 million people into like, nah, there's no, come on. And they always grab like one or two conservatives who are doing well on social media. Like, they always grab this hero. Or Dan Bongino. It's just like, yeah, because they built audiences large enough so that if you did do something against them, it would be obvious. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. But you can nuke, but you can nuke the Make Liberty Great Again Facebook group. Because we posted some funny memes yes. or something. And, and we're hate speech and we're gone. Yep. So don't tell me, Washington Post, you idiots, that there is no suppression of voices. It may, we're not necessarily terribly conservative voices, right? We're, you know, terrible libertarians, right? But for the love that all of this holy, don't, don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Right? Yeah. Just don't, don't, don't do that. Right. Don't, 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 don't patronize me. I know, but here's the deal: they, all these, all these groups, you know, it's like this cabal of activist groups who are just gonna, we're just gonna get rid of misinformation and hate speech and extremism on the internet. Who then go after advertisers or sue companies using lawfare, or they, or they basically, you know, say, you know, go to a reporter who then goes to them and says, "Hey, this random." internet group out of the uk usually says that you have problematic and extremist speech what are you doing to police problematic speech i'll require your uh uh your okay your reply to this email before i go live with this story that's completely almost made up unless you give us comment and then it's where the mob stops and starts mm-hmm. and then the narrative mob starts this is how it works and you were destroying something that was beautiful going after boogeymen that don't exist. And this yeah. is frightening. And, um, you know, but, you know, who cares? Who cares, right? They're never going to come after you or me. Yeah. Our little show. <laughs> if we're making Joe Rogan, we got to be making Joe Rogan money. That's, all we, that's my big dream to make. Actually, I read an article about podcasting, too, that's like, it's actually not terribly lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Right. I mean, there is opportunity out there, but only for like the top one percent. But that's almost that's almost any industry to be blind. So, all right. So now that I've, I've uh, let's end on a well, let's let's just kind of skate on into the end on a lighter note here about the um, turning of a page for technology. Let's pour a little out for Adobe Flash. It's about damn time. That's what I gotta say. <laughs> I am. So- I, it has been just, the bane of my existence for years trying to get this thing yeah. killed from my networks. It should, it's like, nuke it. Nuke it from orbit. It's nuke the it. only way No, we not orbit. Sure. Just, I mean, when you, have, <laughs> when you have Adobe themselves coming in and going, guys, enough. We need to kill this thing, right? <laughs> this, yeah, ain't, exactly. this is the opposite of what we've been talking about for the last 40 minutes. It's this is a company that realizes, God, this pro- this product is just stupid. It's dangerous. Get rid of it. And yet, what do we have? We have companies and governments that up until the very end were relying on it 100%. You got training programs where you had to go and do your company sexual harassment oh, training. Uh... And you needed to have Flash to run it, right? Because it was that kind of thing. Flash is just as bad as the JRE. Yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> Thank God. It's like this. The JRE is still the bait of my existence for still applications that they'll require. But the worst is Java applets. Oh, At least those have started to die. Those, yeah. But something but Flash, that never. Would... Yeah, th- th- this is ridiculous. Like, I understand that, like, 
I remember you know, Farmville was built on it. Yeah, it was fun. Great fortunes, great fortunes were made. Yeah, it was fun. It was great, but, but but let it go. Let it go. It's time, you know. And then you know, in the news today, it came to light that uh, South Africa. I don't know if you saw this article, but uh, South Africa apparently built their entire revenue system. There you go. Um, on Flash. So if you wanted to file your tax return or whatever uh, to submit dutifully your revenue to the government, you had to yeah. do it through a flash application. Well, January 12th rolls along and guess what? Government can't get their money. So, so what did they do? This is a, this is scary and hilarious at the same time. I thought the South African government hired a developer, they developed their own web browser based on an older version of Chromium that does support uh, Flash and distributed that for people to submit their tax information. I, you know, I'm, I'm almost speechless about this whole thing because... Unreal. <laughs> because you know what? Because you know what, Gary? When it, like this, they can't develop a website to administer healthcare. They can't, you know, get like the stimulus checks handed out, but you, God forbid, they got to get their tax money. They mm -hmm. hire some random cat off the street. Like, yo, you need to code up something real quick. So people can Which submit this money. Which is exactly what they did. We need to have all money. Is uh, there, is there anything weird going on in that? Did this guy program some sort of backend communication stuff to, to broadcast people's tax information across the internet. I don't know. You don't know. The don't South know. African I mean, government I mean, doesn't know. Doesn't know. And I bet you for damn sure they ain't. Yeah. It, it, it'll be a long time before they find out. Look, if, if top security companies running solar winds <laughs> equipment, solar wind software couldn't find a back door that has compromised Tens of thousands of companies and government agencies mm -hmm. come to find come to find out the Chinese were also using the back door as well. So it wasn't just a Russian thing, was it? Like I, I still don't think it's primarily the Russians, right? But they're sticking to that damn narrative. But anyway, hey. I digress. If they can't figure that out, yeah, I'm pretty sure. No offense to South Africa. If this kid put anything in there, or maybe he might have even, you know, this company might have even like outsourced portions of the code threw it back together. Someone at any point in the supply chain of development of this application can put a backdoor in. Yep. I think we know this now. I think we know this. Yeah, especially with the rapid turnaround that they had to produce. To do, yes. Oh, oh, I'm pretty sure that now, now while CDCI or CICD, right, I guess continuous integration, continuous development or continuous deployment, depending on the, what you want to use with D, is the paradigm now. There was no test. There was no dev. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, maybe possibly if it didn't work, because like, oh, roll it back, guys. Let's try it again. Yeah, dude, it's um, this is this is it's it's just like it, so I guess I'm reading in here like there was some HTML5 stuff that was in the works, but it wasn't ready in time. So doesn't matter. They're like, what's, well, what's out there now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is. 
Yeah, like pour a little out. Yeah, I, I I've had to go through a a a, a number of my um I uh of my uh company uh what is it company purchased IT equipment and pull off flash, mm-hmm. um, and so and that's been that's been a bit of a pain because like it's been very painful. Yeah. Um. I and I think you know that's kind of a happy note. I mean, I was gonna I I'm kind of running out of time now. I was gonna talk about like the shrinking tech company and like how there's the, there's literally tech companies out there with like a couple hundred employees that have valuations of billions of dollars. Wow. And this is, this is, well, this, this is really a lot of, it's really because it's a lot of froth to be blunt because of SPACs and stuff. And we could, you know, we could have delved on that rabbit hole, but realistically, it's kind of like, it's kind of like this concept that me and Ryan had bounced about or bounced around like a year ago, just on a discord about the distributed autonomous organization. Uh, something, um, you know, thought of when people were kind of building out Ethereum and the, uh, you know, and, uh, and the Ethereum uh, blockchain and being able to build, use the blockchain and the internet as a compute as a computing platform and stuff and how smart contracts combine with blockchain and stuff. And, these automated services could could create companies of the future where it's two or three guys running many machine learning, robotic process automation, cloud, you know, models and stuff to just run their business. Um, and basically, what you're seeing is these companies. Let's say let's let's assume that their valuations are true. These companies with billions of dollars are only run by like 150 people. And in the future, I think that's that's something we'll we're gonna have more of. I think we're gonna I think you're gonna see guy uh, companies that are like ten guys, some Azure instances, and like tens of millions of dollars a, a, a quarter in revenue, and billion dollar valuations in the future, because you're gonna have a lot of automation automation and machines doing heavy lifting. Right. You know. I believe it. And um, yeah. You know, yeah. So I was, I was kind of wanting to get into that, but nah, maybe next episode. So anything uh, uh, other than that, nothing else I want to discuss. If there's anything else you want to discuss and or plug before we call it quits. SpaceX had a nice, uh, fun show today with the explosion oh, of uh, SN9. <laughs> hey, they got SN10. So right next to it, maybe and third it- times a charm. Yeah, right next to. Yeah, so you saw. Yeah, I, I wish I could bring up the video. But it kind of came down like, oh, look, oh, oh, no, it's going to build. Oh, yeah, it, it, it was pretty and, obvious. Yeah, then SN9 is like standing right, like right there. I'm like, oh, my God, is that a little close to the SN9? When it, I think, yeah, well, so. I think the telephoto lens was a little misleading with that. But Okay, so you it know, wasn't as close as, yeah, because it, hey, it was pretty epic. If they're ready to go, they still have, what, two more days of uh, temporary flight restrictions in place from the FAA. So I think they'll, I think, I think they'll try it on the last day. To see if maybe the third one's a charm. So hopefully they, and you know, this is just this is just the cost of progress, guys. I know everybody was like, "Oh, that's crazy!" Well, yeah, guys, because someone's trying it at least. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is hard to do, you know. Yep. In the meanwhile, they're they're launching 143 satellites every time they send up a freaking Falcon what is, Nine. So what I is, mean, it, what is the saying? Work fast and break things. Yeah, they're gonna yeah, and so God bless you, Elon. Keep doing what you got to do. Yep. He's he's also he's he's African too. So. With that said, 
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to another digest of Thank You for Your Servers. I have been Thaddeus Preston. He has been Gary Guthrie. And with that, we are done. Mm-hmm.